Hi, and welcome back to Map the Maze. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the companion to last week's episode, which looked at apology. And this week, we're looking at forgiveness. As somebody who has struggled in my own life to find a path to forgiveness, I can appreciate why some of you might be listening to this thinking, what is she talking about? But what I want to share with you this week and next week are some ideas from a book called Forgive for Good by Dr. Frederick Luskin, who taught at Stanford and set up something called the Stanford Forgiveness Project. So I'll put the link to his book in the description below. But he asks us to think about an idea, an image. So picture there is an air traffic controller and that all of your unresolved grievances are the planes on the screen circling the airport for weeks, for days, for months, for years. They take up precious airspace in your head. They become a source of stress and burnout and they never land. So sometimes when I work with people in mediation, bad things have happened, absolutely. Bad choices have been made. There's been terrible behavior. People come often when they are at their most hurt and in their most pain. That people feel a sense of grievance against the other person for the things that have happened. The challenge is holding that grievance, continuing to live in that pain doesn't help. It will keep the grievance alive, absolutely. But does it help you? No. Luskin talks about the ways that holding on to grievances doesn't help. And really helpfully, I think, he gives a path. How do you forgive? How do you let go? But before we get there, I want to share some of the basic ideas that he talks about in his book about forgiveness. So the first question he asks is, how did the planes get there? How did those grievances become the planes circling in your head? The first thing he says is that you took something too personally. That you have continued to blame the person who hurt you for how bad you feel and that you've created a grievance story. And he breaks down what a grievance story means later in the book. But those are three, I think, probably quite confronting ideas about how we form grievances, how the planes get in our head. So let's take a step back. What is forgiveness? And often when I think people think about forgiveness, they think it is about something they are giving to the other person, to the person that hurt them. Luskin really explodes that idea. 
forgiveness is not about the offender. You may not even tell the offender. The offender may not know that you've forgiven them. They may not even be alive. He actually gives examples of how you can forgive people who are gone. But what is it? What What is forgiveness in the way that Luskin is trying to encourage us to embrace it? First of all, it's the peace that we feel when we allow the planes to land. So instead of having to keep thinking about the hurt, to keep thinking about the bad thing that's happened, to keep thinking about how somebody hurt us, we can allow the planes to land. We can stop renting that space in our head. That forgiveness is something we do for ourselves. So it's about self-care. It has nothing to do with the offender. It's not a gift that we are giving them. It's about taking back your power. And I think for a lot of the people I work with, it's it's something that I would hope for them, that they would be able to take back their own power, that the terrible things that have happened have, have become grievances for them that pre- prevent them from really healing and prevent them from from getting back to the place that they probably were in a long time ago that they maybe don't remember when they had power. That forgiveness is about taking responsibility for how you feel. One of the things that Luskin says later in the book, which really resonates with me is, if somebody has hurt you, why would you let them have any influence over how you feel? They don't have your best interests at heart. You need to take responsibility for how you feel. That forgiveness is about your healing and not about the people who have hurt you. And I think really hopefully he talks about how forgiveness is a trainable skill. It is something we can learn to do. So it's something we can get better at. It's something that we need to practice. And he gives us those steps, which I'm going to talk about next episode. But it's a trainable skill. That is a an amazing thing to think about. There are not many skills that you can learn into adulthood that will significantly improve your health and increase your power. This is one of them. It can help you to get control over your feelings. Forgiveness can improve your mental and physical health. And he actually talks a lot about the impact, the health impact of grievances. That it's about becoming a hero instead of a victim. And often when I meet with people They feel like victims. They feel that they've been victimized. They feel traumatized by what's happened. The question is, do they want to be their own hero? Do they want to be the person who's going to save themselves? And then he says, forgiveness is a choice. So it's an option. You don't have to do it, but it is a positive choice that you can make for yourself. So what isn't it? Because often when we talk about forgiveness, there is a sense that it is letting go of things in a way which excuses them. And he's very clear, forgiveness is not about condoning unkindness. It's not about forgetting that something painful has happened. And it is certainly not about excusing poor behavior. So this isn't a way for somebody to repeat what's happened 
this is a way for you to move beyond it. It doesn't have to be spiritual or religious. Uh, forgiveness is not about denying or minimizing your hurt or your pain or what has happened. And it doesn't mean reconciling with the offender. So it doesn't mean saying to the other person, I forgive you. They may never know that you've done this. And it doesn't mean giving up on having your own feelings. So if it's about power and it's about responsibility and being your own hero, is it good for you? So Luskin talks about how people who are more forgiving report fewer health problems, that forgiveness leads to less stress and fewer physical symptoms of stress, which therefore means that if you don't forgive, that failure to forgive can be more important than hostility as a risk factor for heart disease. That people who blame others for their troubles often have a higher incidence of illnesses. And interestingly, these physiological benefits can come quickly. That people who can imagine forgiving the offender note immediate improvement in cardiovascular, muscular, and nervous systems. So even people with devastating losses can learn to forgive and feel better psychologically and emotionally. And he talks in his book, Forgive for Good, about a lot of the work that he has done with various groups, including mothers from Northern Ireland on both sides of the divide who lost children, whose sons and daughters were murdered by people on the other side of the, the conflict, but who found a way to forgive each other and to forgive what had happened. So as he leads us through what is a grievance, how can we forgive, I think it's really important to note he's not, he's dealing with some of the hardest grievances, some of the deepest sorrows, some of the most challenging pain that people can feel and is still able to help them find a way through that. So I think that's essentially a hopeful message that he believes we can all learn to do this. Everyone can learn how to forgive. And like a lot of muscles, which is not something I enjoy, but it's about practice and about using it. So to look at his theory about forgiveness, the first step is that we form a grievance. And we form a grievance when a few things coincide. The first is that something happens in our lives that we didn't want to happen. The second is that we deal with this problem by thinking about it too much or renting too much space in our mind. We take the offense too personally. We then blame the offender for how we feel about it. And we then create the grievance story. So it's not easy to be forgiving when we've been mistreated or someone has hurt us. And at the very core, Luskin suggests, of that grievance is that something happened that we didn't want to happen or something we really wanted to happen did not happen. And that faced with that reality, 
we lacked the skills to manage our feelings. That whatever was happening was beyond, overwhelmed our capacity to deal with it. We then rent too much space to the grievance. And again, I think this is a really helpful image. So if you think of your mind as a house where you are the landlord, you get to decide who the tenants are. You get to decide how much space they get, how long they're going to stay in the house, how much rent are they going to pay. And when we rent too much space in our mind, we create a grievance. So we don't have to dwell on our bad fortune into everybody's life will come bad fortune, hopefully some good fortune, but it's quite rare for us to dwell on our good fortune. So he asks, Luskan asks, why do we find our problems so much more compelling than our blessings? And in fact, this question has been answered uh, by cognitive science, that as humans, we are hardwired to pay more attention to loss, to fears, to negativity, than to wins, positives. And you can see why, that if you have a windfall and something nice happens, an apple falls into your lap, that's pleasant, but it's not going to save your life. So we don't focus as much attention on it in our minds. But if instead of an apple falling into your lap, it's a snake, we are going to pay a lot of attention to that. And it's necessary because paying attention to negatives, fears, losses has, as a species, kept us alive. Does it equip us in the best possible way for the modern world and the challenges that we face? Probably not. But it is understandable that people pay more attention to negatives and fears. And I see it a lot in mediation. It's um, it's one thing to read about the increased attention that we pay to loss um, when you're reading academic articles or scientific journals, but it is quite another to see it in practice. And often when I'm working with people in mediation, they'll say to me, but you don't understand, Sala. I am the only one that has made concessions. I'm the only person who's experienced loss in this mediation. The other person has everything they want. And I think that people genuinely feel that's what has happened in the negotiation. But if you can stand back as an objective observer, which the mediator has that, that benefit, we can see that on both sides, there will have been compromises on both sides, there will have been wins. So often we'll talk to people and say, okay, well, let's have a think about some of the things that have happened. And you actually have to remind people about the wins that they had, about the positives, the compromises which were made for their benefit or at their request, and remind them about the losses that the other person has experienced, the concessions the other person has made, because we just forget. We don't focus on it. And so when we're trying to assess things, we don't always make a balanced judgment because every concession we make feels extreme and every concession they make feels like we discount it. 
or we minimize it. So it's kind of interesting. But definitely what he's saying is we need to think about why do we find our problems so much more compelling than our blessings? So he asks a couple of questions to see if you have a grievance. First question is, do you think about this painful situation more than you think about things in your life that are good? So this goes back to that question about focus. Is this the focus of your attention? Is your focus on the negative as opposed to the positive things that are happening for you? When you think about this painful situation, do you become physically uncomfortable or emotionally upset? And often when I'm working with people and they are talking to me about the things that have maybe led them to decide to separate or divorce, you can see people become physically uncomfortable talking about it because emotionally, psychologically, it's difficult for them. So people might um, become flushed. They can um, move around in their chair. They might touch their face a lot. They pause. They might breathe harder. You can hear their breathing change often. Um, And they can they can just become emotional in a way that we can all understand, which is some people cry, some people have to take pauses because it's too hard for them to talk about what's happened. But I think most of us have probably experienced that when someone has done something hurtful, that actually just talking about it, when we think about it, we do become uncomfortable. We do become emotionally upset again because all of that pain comes back to the surface. The next question is, when you think about this situation, do you do so with the same old repetitive thoughts? This one for me is a real giveaway that often when I speak to people and generally in mediation, I will meet people a few times. So we're spending a very focused time together, but I'll meet people a couple of times and often I will hear the story that they've created to explain what happened, the hurtful thing that happened. I'll hear the same words, the same sentence structures. I'll hear it repetitively that it is almost as if um, the story has its own life and that people will say the same thing over and over. And it's not to communicate more information to me because the information is the same. It hasn't changed. It is just to reinforce that, in fact, because this is a grievance, it comes with the same repetitive way of expressing it. So that's often a clue to me that people haven't let go of what's happened. And it can come out during the mediation. So sometimes somebody will say, when I meet with them privately in the very first meeting at the intake, okay, this is this is me talking about it. I'm not going to talk about it again. I don't want to have to think about it. But then we'll be in the mediation. We'll be sitting across the table. And somebody will become triggered and will say, but you did this and this happened. And the same way of expressing it will come out which tells me that this is not something that they've been able to let go of yet. Um, Also tells the other person that as well. So the next question he asks is, do you find yourself telling the story about what happened over and over 
in your mind. So this is that rumination that we keep rehearsing it. We keep renting yet more space in our head. Um, this plane never lands. And I think that's also the real tragedy is that if somebody has really done something hurtful to you, don't give them any more space. Don't rent them more space. Don't just bring that plane into land. You deserve to be free from that hurt, from that pain. You deserve to be free from an obligation to somebody who has decided to hurt you. Um, but yes, often when I talk to people, and you can think about it in your own life, that there will be things that you just keep going over and over in your mind. And what Luskin says is if you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you have formed a grievance that is renting too much space in your mind. So if that is the conclusion, that there is a grievance, that it's renting too much space, that forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves when we take back control and we acknowledge our own power over how we feel, how do you do it? So tune in next week when I will reveal all. So thanks a lot and take care. Welcome to Map the Maze. I wanted to share the ideas and thoughts in the podcast that you're about to listen to with a wider audience. But please know that nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal, financial, or mental health advice. It is really important that you seek independent professional advice to help you with your situation and your circumstances. Knowledge is power. So let's get to it.